Hi, this is Nancy Urell, and welcome to Nancy Psychic View on the high road to humanity and all the way from the Netherlands. Roxana Joguzel is here today, and welcome to the high road. Hi, Nancy, and thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. We're going to talk about the 10 principles of the feminine. Now, y'all been hearing about the feminine, right? But I like what she has to say here. She says, the 10 principles of the feminine is a practical guide for integrating, for integrating, I'm sorry, the spiritual aspect into our earthly existence, reconciling the feminine with the masculine in an approachable and concise way without pertaining to a certain spiritual or religious ideology. And that is so great because, you know, and everybody's talking about the feminine and the masculine, but what I liked about your book, to be honest with you, is you really explain it. And you taught me things I did not know. And I interview a lot of people. So this is going to be a really good show, you guys. Before we get into it, and I read her bio, I just want to mention that I will be in LA uh, February the 10th. Well, it's 9th through the 12th is the Conscious Life Expo, and it's the 22nd Conscious Life Expo in LA. And I'm going to be doing a workshop on angel communication and spiritual law. So come and get your wings. It'll be fun. I'll be there Saturday evening. Then I'm going to be in Florida. If you're in Florida, come and see me at the New Life Expo 2024. It's their 35th year, and it'll be March 16th and 17th. And again, I'm going to be talking about the angels, spiritual law, how to get your wings, how to connect with God, how to connect with your guardian angel. So having said that, I hope everyone will join me. And let me give you a little information about Roxana. She's a scientist. She's a Reiki healer, she is a spiritual coach, and she's a keen observer of human nature. She's going to uh, analyze me today. <laughs> Her work is a result of both psychic insight and long experience with energy work, personal development, and self-awareness. She is the founder of the Inside Monarch, an e-learning platform for spiritual and personal development. And you guys can check that out at the Inside Monarch dot com and she does live in the netherlands and i guess my first question is for you you know tell us your story what compelled you to write about the feminine you say you wrote about the feminine rather than the masculine because you felt that both were misunderstood and ignored really you said the feminine is ignored tell us well you know I, we obviously live in a very masculine world i think you know it's not me who said that, it's pretty obvious. So um, I always say that um, in order to step into our full potential as human beings, we need to take both of these, these aspects into consideration. And, you know, um, when I started diving into my feminine, I found out so many things that I didn't know of, like, as you mentioned, like, for instance, first of all, feminine energy has nothing to do with gender. So it doesn't matter what gender you are. And even if you don't identify with any gender, everyone has feminine energy in different proportions, of course. Then secondly, uh, it has nothing to do with the way you look and it has nothing to do with romance whatsoever. Although these may be life aspects where the feminine energy becomes more obvious, so it's expressed, but truly it's just an aspect of ourselves that is dealing mostly with going with the flow and basically being in that 
natural state of enjoyment of life and receiving as opposed to the masculine which is the doer right it's a, a logical approach that the masculine takes in order to achieve something and i feel that you know society does really push us to achieve and it really isn't a bad thing but like i always say you know if you only focus on one aspect of yourself um, it's not really growth, but it's a it's an imbalance from this perspective. So, yeah. um, you know, I have to say that this book has a very unusual story because okay. um, I've never really been a, a feminist in the, you know, the general, you know, understanding of the term. Um, but I was browsing the Internet one evening, as you do, and um, I found out that there is a such thing as um, a cosmetic bleaching gel for literally um, every body part, and I'm going to leave this to the imagination, that some people use in order to, to, to gain a lighter complexion. And I, I, to be honest, I didn't know that such a thing existed. And I found it so surprising and so unnecessary because in my view, um, you shouldn't need to do anything to yourself in order to become attractive or likable or, or, or happy for that matter. So I thought to myself, is, is beauty and attractiveness now like a Pantone shade? And if you don't pertain to that shade, you're not attractive anymore. And right. what is attractiveness, you know, and... Anyway, so so I just went into um, this this like this like self development journey, really because I was also not very in tune with my feminine, um, and uh, yeah, this culminated into writing this um, this book. It's really good, and you know, you talk about the yin and the yang and the need for balance, and I agree with you. Uh, and as you're speaking, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I was a single mom, got out there and did real estate, and I had to do it like a guy. I wore a suit. And I was tough and, you know, and yeah, we're pushed to that. But what I really like about your book is you say, yeah, the flow. Now, here's something I didn't know. And I want you to talk about this because I'm into energy, too. I wrote a book on energy. Wake up. The universe is speaking to you many years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. But here's what I did not know. Feminine energy is pointed inwards and masculine energy is pointing outwards which makes sense about what you said you said to create like we need to the ma to manifest and to create we need the masculine but to receive we need the feminine and i want you to talk about this because i feel like a lot of us myself included have like okay we keep pushing and we keep pushing and we keep pushing but then we don't allow so talk about this because this is i think what the deal is what do you think here on this yeah, santa yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, um, you're right, because one of the most important attributes of the feminine is that it's aware of its own self-worth, it knows its worth, and that is uh, the primary aspect, the primary condition uh, in order to be able to receive, because, you know, everyone wants stuff, everyone wants to manifest, but deep down, we sometimes do not feel worthy. We think that we have to do something in order to get this or that. So what? this is what pushes us into the masculine. And, and it's really not, not true. It's only half true, you know? And yeah. um, I understand that this is very difficult. And for me personally, this was a struggle to be able to come to step into my own self-worth. Um, and in women generally, this lack of self-worth comes from a lack mentality, you know, uh, that's where it comes from. Um, I think as women, um, you know, 
traditionally and historically, uh, back when we were living in caves, I think being in a lag mentality was very easy because you were the one that was waiting for the food, you know, for being protected. You were just waiting there and you were thinking, oh my God, what if like no one else comes, you know? Traditionally, I mean, back then, men used to go out hunting and they might never come back. So, you know, I really think this is so ingrained in our DNA and it's so deeply rooted that it just becomes a source of lack mentality. And that's really where the lack of self-esteem comes from. And, and, you know, unfortunately for ourselves, education isn't really teaching us how to really be um, in our self-worth without being, you know, um, I don't know, inappropriate because it's really easy to slip into the other side as in like, I don't need to do anything and everyone else has to do stuff for me. It really isn't that. It's more about really trusting the universe that it has your back and that you don't really need to put effort in absolutely everything because things do come to you when they're ready and sometimes not the way you imagine them to be, but they, they do come. All right. Now here's my question. Cause I'm totally get everything you say and you're right on. And personally I've worked on myself and in all of this, but how do you, how do you balance between um, putting it out to the world and receiving meaning like, for example, I just wrote a new book. And so I just put it out to the publishers, but then I need to let it go. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, that's what I'm okay, saying. So okay, I, I want to understand. That, yeah, so I think that it's important to understand what it is that you want, what is the outcome that you want, you know, um, and then focus on that. But don't be too rigid about how it is that it's going to happen. Because, you know, talk about books. I, I had the same uh, experience when I started promoting my book. I really didn't know where to start. And um, I, it, I had some hurdles on the way, but then I just finally relaxed. And then suddenly, you know, everything came to me. Like um, the book got so much attention from the media, much more than I had expected. And to be honest, I didn't even move a finger. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, it was all, you know, on behalf of the orchestrated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, so that's something which I hadn't expected, but you do need to relax into it and trust because otherwise you're not getting into that vibration that you need in order to allow things to come to you. That is the key, isn't it? Cause I really, I think, and that's where we all mess up because <laughs> we keep pushing and pushing and pushing and we don't need to do that. We do the work. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I need to understand this. And I want the audience to get this. So we work on ourselves. We have self-esteem. We put a project together. We put it out to the world. And then we have to just know that the universal powers that be will orchestrate everything behind the scenes. Is that correct? This is correct. Yes. And to make it even a, a bit clearer, I'm going to tell you about my experience with uh, my book launch. So in the beginning, I was actually really struggling to find uh, a proper venue that would organize that. You know, people were busy, they weren't interested, they, you know, they, they had other books in mind, you know, not necessarily this type of 
personal development, spirituality books. And I kind of, I had actually given up until um, I, I distinctly remember one day I wanted to uh, visit like this, this this other city in the Netherlands. And um, well, I got it to the train station and the trains weren't running in that direction. There were some issues. So I just randomly decided to change my um, you know, my destination, just like on the spot. And then um, I was just walking around and then I just randomly find myself into a bookstore and I just, you know, just asked the person there, like, do you do book launches? And they were like, yeah, sure. We'd be, you know, we'd be really happy to to, to host you. And I had, I had actually given up the thought and it was just completely, you know, by accident, but I did go with the flow. So I thought, okay, this is an opportunity that I'm, you know, being served on the plate. So might as well just take it, you know? Well, yeah. And that's how I feel about LA because <laughs> I'm headed, <laughs> I'm headed out there and, you know, I'm so ex in one aspect, I have to say, I'm so excited to teach everybody, but then on the other side, I'm a little nervous, you know, about it, but I love that you say, just relax into it and it'll all, you know, that really helps. All right, let's talk. And you're talking about manifestation. And I wrote this down in your book. You say the realm of structure and of law is a masculine one. Therefore, it makes sense that you should learn how to master your masculine energy. So let's go back to the to the masculine because we have to have that in order to create, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think what I should say first is that there is a, a subtle difference between attraction and manifestation. And I feel that maybe that's not really very well explained or not always. So attraction can be uh intentional or unintentional you could say that you for instance unconsciously attracted a certain event or you know something in your life mm -hmm. uh, but manifestation on the other hand uh, implies that you are conscious of what it is that you want to create you have a goal in mind and you know what steps you're going to take in order to get them we need both. So, you know, that's why I'm saying, um, so attraction is kind of the first part of manifesting, but, but manifesting also means um, really being aware of what it is that you're putting in, you know, as energy, what you want to, you know, what you want it to come out. And also it's a more structured method than just, um, you know, sitting there and attracting stuff. So the realm of logic and structure and, you know, the, the doer and the go-getter is the masculine. And we all have that. We just need to learn how to combine both. Yeah. I always think of it as um, like God and the angels and, you know, and the universe is helping me out. But I'm here on earth and I have to do the actual work. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I, does that make sense? But then I have to be honest, it's hard to let go. It's hard to let go because um, we have expectations, right, of how yeah. it is that we're meant to behave, of what it is that we we want to get. But um, if you want really, if you want it to work, um, I think the best thing to describe is that you need to be willing to be like a blank sheet of paper to the universe. So don't be very rigid in in you know in what it is um, that that you wanna that you wanna achieve and. Um, I always tell people focus on the on the emotion on the vibration that you want to to get not on the material aspect for instance um a lot of people say I want um 
I want better finances. I want that job. I want that relationship. Yeah, but what are you hoping to get out of that? How is it that you want to feel? Do you want to feel supported? Do you want to feel safe? Do you want to feel loved? So that is your true outcome, not uh, the material, you know, aspect of it, really. So that's the difference that you're, you know, you're you're following the feminine, the vibration right. and the energy, but you're using your masculine to get there. Right. I like that. I really do. Instead of just asking for money, ask that I be supported. And that's true. I will say that I asked I be supported in my work. Yeah. And so however it comes, it comes. Um, you, you do talk about self-worth, self-love, and you say it is the prerequisite for being able to manifest. I really feel like, and I want you to expand upon this. I really felt like we, we can all manifest a lot. A lot of us, you know, we're all manifestors because we all have that little spark of the divine in us, the creator in us. But I feel like a lot of us are just kind of out there and not really focusing on what we want and trusting. I feel like when you connect with the divine, then your path is more clear. Does that make sense? Um, yes, because um, when you're connected to the divine, you know, first of all, what is best for you and you know what your purpose is and you follow that purpose rather than trying to fill in some different gaps that are actually not even gaps. So, um, for instance, if sometimes when we haven't worked enough uh, to heal our trauma, what we might try to do instead of manifest is just fix ourselves. For instance, we don't feel valued. Let's say I don't feel valued in my relationship, in my job. So I'm just trying to manifest another partner or, you know, another job. But in reality, I don't value myself either. I don't see myself as valuable. So I'm just trying to fill in, you know, like to, just to fill a black hole. It's, it's, it's just not possible, you know. So when, once you get there and you can definitely manifest a great job, you're not going to feel fulfilled. You're not going to be happy because that wasn't your issue in the first place. Right. So, you know, making a distinction of why it is that you want to manifest that, it, that's really important. What's the motivation behind that? Do you want to heal or do you just want to do it because you're in that empowered state of, you know, um, being like your own creator and you're on your life path. So that's the distinction to make, I think. Yeah, we all miss the part. I, I'm going to tell you what I really think about this. I think my job right now, and I think you're doing it too, actually you are, is to teach people to go within, work on themselves and connect back to God. We've lost our connection, number one, and we've lost ourselves. We keep, everybody has been looking, we're, we're finally coming back, but every, I don't know about, is everybody in the Netherlands like materialistic and starting to come back to realizing what's important? Because that's really the key here. Yeah, I think this is a global phenomenon. Uh, I think people are are trying to go back to, you know, their origins. Mm -hmm. um, they People are kind of, you know, they, they stop being interested in the material stuff. They want to follow their path, you know, do something that is fulfilling to them, not just something that brings them, you know, a check at the end of the month. And um, yeah, it's it really what we're looking for is that connection to the divine. That really, that's where we come from and that's where we want to go back to. It's just that on our quest, we kind of forgot what we're looking for. I know. And that's a problem because looking for something and not finding it is one thing, but not even knowing 
what you're looking for is even more, you know, complicated. Yeah. And what I found is a lot of people, um, this is just what I've experienced and what I've seen is, you know, um, somebody's had something happen in their life, could be divorce, could be death, could be a loss of a child, a job. And at that point they go within and they find the divine and that it's almost like it hurdles you into, you know what I mean? Like you have to almost fall down to get back up is what I see. Yeah, unfortunately, um, we do tend to learn much more from negative experience than from the positive. Mm -hmm. um, and it does make sense because um, I think that what, what disconnects us from the divine is mostly the trauma that we've had, and especially as um, children and adults. And that's kind of a negative experience. So when you step into another uh, you know, black hole that kind of triggers memories from behind and it kind of pushes you on this self, uh, this this path of self-mastery and healing. And, you know, I, I'll tell you that this is necessary. We need negative experience because when you're Zen, you don't want to change anything. You don't really care about anything. You're just up there in high vibration. And that's good. That's always good. But you also need to sometimes get yourself out of that place that's not healthy for you. And if you don't do it in time, life is going to get you, you know, it's going to yeah. get you an experience that's going to push you out of that place if you don't want to do it out of your comfort zone well yeah we're down here to learn and that's become evident um and i think you know everybody that comes on the show we all say the same thing we're down here to learn lessons don't take it too personally and i think once you kind of look at look at it like we are down here to learn and to grow and to yeah. connect i was going to go back to what you said when we're kids I'll just throw this out there. I'm probably not going to be real popular, but organized religion has really screwed us up. And we're not taught as children. I went to church. My father taught Sunday school. I sang in the choir, but we're really not taught how to connect to God. Like we are to our computers, you know, we're taught how to plug into the computer and in the internet, but we're not taught how to plug into the divine energy that makes us fulfilled. And I think that is the biggest problem that we as a society have not been taught. We should be taught as little kids. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I agree. And I totally relate to what you're saying because, you know, I'm, I'm also a Catholic and, um, um, I, I completely understand and um, pretty late. I mean, it, I, I didn't really realize this in the beginning, but the truth is that when you're religious, you're implying that there is an outer power out there that's the creator and you're kind of disconnected from it, whereas we should be taught that the part of that divine is also inside of us you know so that's where the issue is because you say you're a believer it means that you believe in something else that's something that's outside of you instead of knowing you know that 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 is also inside you yeah know? So there's a difference between knowing and believing mm -hmm. but but it's an experience you know it's a mystical experience that um you can get to whenever you're ready and it's not something that can be taught or or you know something that um um it's easily explained you just either know it or you don't yeah exactly you know you talk about the flow we were talking about that earlier the power to let go to me that's been the most difficult to be honest with you um to let go, they say let go let god 
And it's really letting go and letting, it is God, it's the universe, it's that energy. And, um, you know, move, you say moving along without restrictions, not hanging on to a specific agenda. And that's back to, you know, talking about us expecting a certain thing. And a lot of times the universe has something better for us. Um, what There's a lot in this book, you guys. I didn't pull everything out of here. But one thing I wanted to talk about was compassion. Um, and you write seeing oneself in another. And when you're close to spirit, you feel compassion more strongly. And I can tell you that's true. Talk about compassion. We don't seem to be compassionate these days. Um, yeah, I think that first of all, we need to define it because I find that uh, very often, very expressive or extrovert people are labeled as being compassionate just, just because they're expressing, you know, I don't know, certain opinions or, you know, um, a sense of belonging to someone who's going through a rough time. But um, the level of, you know, the level to which we express is not necessarily uh, the same as, as being compassionate. Uh, actually, I sometimes feel that introverts are more compassionate than extroverts, but they just have, you know, um, more trouble expressing that. So, um, so compassion is really validating the other human being as having a similar human experience as you are and being connected to them. It has nothing to do with the way you express it. And, you know, nowadays uh, you do see people talking a lot about, you know, poverty, armed conflict, uh, but no, nobody really is really doing anything because it's just we're, what we're doing is we're, we're getting emotionally enmeshed with it. So being compassionate does not mean taking over the other person's emotional burden. That, that's, not, that's not it. But, but in order to get to that level of compassion, you need to reach that 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 level of consciousness that allows you to see other people as part of you. So that's what you want to work towards, not like expressing yourself or or donating money just because that's the right thing to do. And and you know here I, I'm kind of guilty of it because um, for a very long time, because we we're talking about religion, while I was you know in, in a very religious background i thought of myself as not being compassionate or kind but that's only because i couldn't i didn't fit into that cookie cutter um you know type of kindness that people were preaching and and i think that the secret is that anyone can make a difference in their own way and if you feel that other people seem to be more compassionate or that they do more than others that's okay it doesn't mean that you're um, you know, you're not compassionate or that you're less valuable. It just means that you have your other, you know, you have another way of expressing it. And of expressing it. Fun. Yeah, I think you're an empath, right? <laughs> yes? I am, yes. Yeah, yes. I am too. And that's why I know, because I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, oh, she's an empath like I am. And people think I'm really hard, but I'm not. I am like probably one of the most compassionate people you ever meet, but you don't see it because I don't express it that way. And you have the same. Yeah. You hit it, man. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, and why do you think we don't? Why? Because I'm not real. Like, I will be, I have the biggest heart in the whole world and I will be so compassionate, but it's hard for me to, like, I don't know. Um, like you said, I'm not the type to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I would rather, like, send good energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think <laughs> it's partly because we, we perceive such human experiences as being very precious. And I think it's really difficult to express 
what it is that you know you're meant to say or do and I think that I, I personally sometimes feel that I'm you know words are not enough to express that so I'm kind of minimizing their own suffering or the impact and and I just feel that it's just not the right thing to do and I never really understood this like packaging of being politically correct uh, like I, I understand we need to be polite and diplomatic and respect people but really mm -hmm. words are so limited and they can only express uh, a very small fraction of what's going on in this universe and in the human mind and spirit so you know um yeah that's that that's really what it is we're just like labels we like yeah. labels but we forget that human speech is very limited and there is no way you can express you know what's going on in this universe so yeah i'm going to go back to the beginning and i said i was going to read this because it's you're going to laugh i wrote the same thing in my book that you wrote right here you say in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And I wrote the same thing. And then you go on to say, I love this, you guys sit back and relax a minute. May the words in this book also alchemize in you a new beginning of a journey to authenticity and personal power and initiation into what feminine energy truly is. For there can be no light without darkness and no masculine without feminine. And we must all learn to balance both aspects within us before we can step into our highest potential as human beings. That was so well said. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, I often say that our greatest liability is at the same time our greatest asset. And I was just commenting on how limited human speech is. But to a certain extent, words can also be used in order to switch something on or off inside of us. You know, it really isn't about the information itself, but whether you can, um, you know, say the right words at the right time so that something happens, you know, something switches, you know, just because you've said the right thing at the right time. And it's not about not knowing stuff, but I find that words are really, you know, um, um, a source of magic that we have. And, and I think that's what I like about being a writer, because I get to do that. And, and, and I feel very, I'm very happy about it, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, the spoken word, and that's why I, I bring it up, because I'm so big on it. And you know, people don't realize, that's why I'm so happy you put it in your book. People are starting to recognize now just how powerful our words are because we are creating with our words. And like you said, and we're creating with our thoughts and we yeah. create with our emotions, you know? And so it's a big deal. You know, talk to me about what have people's reaction been as far as, you know, like, surprising as far as I didn't realize that that's what the feminine was or, or what have you heard so far from the book I guess um uh to be honest it, it, the response was very positive so you know I, I I really didn't expect that not because I didn't think that um um the book was good because I think it is but you never know how many people out there can connect with what you're saying because you know there's so many content creators out there and it's all about finding someone that you really vibe with but I think one of the nicest thing I've ever heard from one of my writer readers was that um well she said there was this lady and she said you know I used to be really afraid of death and after reading this book I'm not afraid anymore 
And I found that it's really great because really the fear of death is such a burden to us humans. You know, sometimes it's just in the background, you don't really realize it, but but it's an issue, you know, accepting that we're just temporary beings, that we're we're not immortal. And being able to relieve at least part of that burden for someone um, is, I think, something um really yeah. nice and I'm, I'm i'm happy that i i got to um you know to experience that and and really it, it still is feminine energy right because the feminine knows that it just is and is connected to everything and honestly we are just timeless and formless beings that are just having a human experience now and that's that's what you know that's what the feminine is all about being connected to that you know divinity yeah, to everything that is. I love it. Okay, so tell the audience, what are you working on now? Can they contact you? Talk about yourself. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, creating content. And to be honest, I, I never know what I'm going to do tomorrow or, or next week. Um, yeah, you can always connect with me via the insidemonarch.com. Um, so that's where I really teach people how to take a step back and 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 look at their experience from a higher perspective and from a more you know empowered point of view and basically step into that creator role that you were you know mentioning um, previously um, so so that's something that can always be you know uh, worked on if you want and I really aim to make my courses and everything that I do really simple and very pragmatic because um, I sometimes feel that personal development spirituality um, they might seem to be a little bit of a you know mumbo jumbo because people don't really tell you what it is that you need to do practically yeah. in order to get there and right. it really isn't about imagining figures of light and you know I mean you can do that if it helps but it's not going to really take you where you want to go and like I said we're also using the masculine so you know because I'm a scientist I'm also very structured so I like giving people practical advice uh you know if they want it of course um on what they could do in order to get there um so yeah and and of course I I'm still writing I'm always writing um I'm, I'm what's your next book uh, my my next book yeah it's not yeah. done yet but um hopefully this year Okay. Okay. I just think it's really interesting. And I just want to ask you this question as an empath and a scientist, I mean, were you in the scientific world and then realized you're an empath or did you always know you were intuitive or how did that come about? I've always been intuitive. Um, and I, I love science. I really do. Um, it is just a part of, you know, it's just a part of the universe. Um, I, I never agreed uh, to the idea that uh, science and spirituality are opposite forces. Um, I, I often ask people, why is it that you think that they exclude each other? And to be honest, I've never received a satisfactory response. People just say, well, just because it is. Well, that's not really an argument, is it? <laughs> um, but, but although I was enjoying my work, I always felt that there was something else that I needed to do. And for many years, I didn't really know what that was. And that created a certain amount of anxiety because you feel that you need to do something, but you yeah. don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, you step into a room and you forget why you're there. You know that you want to pick something up or do something, you know, that it's important, but it just doesn't, you know, you don't know what it is. So 
um, you know, and, and a few years back, I had a, a, a Kundalini awakening and that kind of totally clarified everything for me and I kind of like, you know, lifted the fog up. So it, it became clear to me that, that that's really my path. So I, I still love science. I really do. But uh, that's not really something that I can, you know, make a, a massive difference uh, in the world right now. But but with, with a book. You know, that's a different story. Yeah, you're passionate about what you do. Well, I'll tell you, uh, before we get out of here, what really surprised me more than anything by reading your book is that, you know, I interview a lot of people on the show. And here you are. I'm in the United States and you're in the Netherlands. And all the stuff you say in here is exactly the same as what, well, not the same, but I mean, the principles, you know, the basic things that everybody's talking about. Everybody has a little bit, you know, their own take on it. And I really got a lot from your book as far as understanding the feminine. And it's a small book and it's an easy read, you guys. And so this is something you need to pick up. It is the 10 principles of the feminine, how to embrace feminine energy and find the power within. What do you want to leave us with, Roxana? <sighs> Yeah, I just want to, you know, want to want to say something about what, what you just said, that we sometimes write about the same things or sometimes we use even the same words. So it's like also obvious that we're part of this collective consciousness. Yeah. And I remember reading something and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry now, I don't remember exactly what book it was and I don't remember, but the author was saying that books are sometimes like beings with a will of their own that they would just be sitting somewhere there in the universe and they're waiting for you to write it and if you don't write it they'll just go to someone else that's true <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so i find that it's, it's basically we're all part of the same universal consciousness and you know um everything happens for a reason so uh, you, you just have to trust the process and and it's also uh you know um, an opportunity for us to see ourselves in someone else because you're, you know, you're my mirror. I'm your mirror. So yeah, it's cool. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show today. You guys, we got to get out of here for today, but I want you to check out my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. I just relaunched it. My new one's not out yet, but it will be. If you want an angel reading, go to nancyyearout.com. You can also read all the messages from Archangel Gabriel that I have downloaded there. All right, you guys, we're going to get out of here for today. Uh, I want to thank everyone for watching, for listening on the podcast, and God bless. <music>